No Gilmore Girls, huh? No Gilmore Girls tonight, or um, McNulty um, boning awesome down. Awesome if on. she was watching the uh, the most recent episode of The Boys in the background. Uh, that would be great. She was she was she she was uh, listening to Hero Gasm. Oh, she's in the background going, Jesus. <laughs> I uh, I like tried to explain here the Hero Gasm episode to Lydia, and it didn't uh, it didn't come yeah. off right. <laughs> A lot of things didn't come off right in that episode. <laughs> Hey yo! Uh, came uh, off, no, Ladies, gentlemen. Comrades of all stripes, welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Mark Fangmeyer, Corey Schreppel, and a guacamole eating Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria. Just taking a bite right after I introduce him. That's perfect. At least he's on mute. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Well, how's how's the uh, the beautiful Minnesota weather out there treating you? Uh, it's lovely. I just went to the grocery store to get a treat for myself. Oh, we had a uh, well. dinner tonight on the patio at Barley John's, and that was pretty nice out. Hey, look at that. I, I coached my last game of my girls' team this to, this evening, so that was fun. Did you win? No, but um, because everyone's going on vacations, like all the home games are at one spot. So there's like three, four different Blackhawks teams that need players. And so like a lot of my players played, and they scored goals. And so... Overall, it was a good day. Goals so. are all that matters. Three points are... I hear they change games. They do. Um, well, on this episode, we are going to talk about... Um, I think we're going to begrudgingly talk about Minnesota United. I almost canceled this week because I do have a, a special podcast I'm going to release. Um, I interviewed head coach of Minnesota Roar FC, Nicole Lukic. Um, I, I try and, you know, I, I try to like limit the type of aurora content we talk about on here and don't really like do things like interviews with the teams um to try to keep that separated uh but then i just want i was talking to nicole as i was before the game the other day just when things were still calm and i was like oh you know what i just need to talk to her about soccer with microphone because i've only talked to her like eight times in my life because we keep the soccer stuff separated from what i do so um it's good so you that'll put that out probably on wednesday and uh you know, so we'll talk a little bit about this stuff and, you know, we'll talk about the month of July, which is ladies month coming up because we've got, what do we got? Help me do it, Rodrigo. We got the women's euros. We've got, um, uh, the, um, on July 4th, the U S women start the CONCACAF uh, games. So they'll play Haiti, someone, Mexico, Panama. I think so. Yeah, but yeah. overall, I mean that Mexico game. I mean, like, oh yeah, it's gonna it's be gonna be electric. fun. So, so we got just a crap load going on. Obviously, we've got Aurora hopefully still going on in the playoffs, right. and uh, we got and- we got the first. Um, well, not the first, but the Comebol like two three years ago. We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a Copa America femenino, and now they're actually launching it this year. So Super, that should be really fun. Um, I can't wait for Chile to score 13 goals on Peru because that's what's really going to happen. But, you know. Is Chile that much better? They're better than Peru, yeah. I mean, you know, what Peru is currently doing is 
Um, well, and a lot of other nations are doing too, is they're, um, they're opening and having recruiting sessions in the United States. I imagine so they they're should, looking yeah. for Peruvian. Yeah. But the problem is, is like they, they're, they're all in the hook for the well, for the airfare. So like oh. just to try out, you gotta, oh, man. you know, pay $800 to go in. Yeah. So it's not the greatest, but, uh, yeah, the FA is definitely, or the, the, Com- uh, country uh, association certainly probably doesn't have any money that they can spend. So right, but but you know, Comibol I'm sure has money. You know, I mean, they do uh, no, Copa Libertadores, all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that it's it'd be nice that whatever that all these federations that are putting together Copa America get a nice chunk of change just for participating, so they can feed and start. Yeah. You know, not because I want not- Isa at the next one representing Peru. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We get some goods. Let's start with the first good. Uh, Minnesota Aurora's Morgan Stone made a, I don't know, do we call it a rocket goal? Because it, it, it was like, it was simultaneously it's, like a looper to the back because it was. No, it's a golazo. It was, I don't a, think it's a. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the overarching. Cause it yeah, was, because it's, there's an arch to it. Yeah, and it was across her body. So Morgan Stone, midfielder. Um, so the end of this is that she scores this goal and then it made it, uh, to onto sports center, which I don't actually know how that happened. And we had to like scour the internet to find the video of it. Cause it's not, you can't just like go onto ESPN plus and like find sports center. Um, but fantastic. Morgan stone was one of the last additions to the team. And also I talked to Nicole Lukic, Lukic about her and, um, how she came about on the team. Um, so that was spectacular to see. Also spectacular to see a good, an extremely good. Uh, Oakland Roots have a very successful USL team. They are on my list of the one of the five only interesting clubs uh, in U.S. soccer. They have a women's team launching in the USLW League, so they will be in our league um, next season, and they are called Oakland Soul. They launched their crest last week and it is gorgeous as gorgeous as the roots and um it's just super cool they do they do things so well and i don't know how many of you guys heard the um grant wall interview with Lindsay barons who's the club president she's only been at the club like uh six months or something like that but they are um, absolutely one of these clubs that i hope to meet some of their people and pick their brains because they're so smart and really good at articulating values and, and making club doing soccer in the way that I, I definitely personally feel it. And and so I definitely sent that interview to like 40 different people last week, including you guys. Otherwise the good, this has to come from you, Corey, because you got to tell me what happened with this dog. So uh, there was a, an international match. I can't remember if it was a friendly or if it was actually an actual competitive match, but um, the Chilean uh, women's national team and Venezuela's national team. And, you know, like in most cases, when a dog does it, they're running, trying to get away from the ball, trying to get away from players. This dog is literally like, I want all of the love and affection and attention. Went up to Chile's goalkeeper and just got on his back, super submissive, uh, tail between his legs, just rub my belly, just rub my belly, ran around to other players, did the exact same thing. And then um, it was just, you know, delightful. It was, it's just good. It's fun. It made the rounds. Non-soccer people were tweeting it at me. 
texting it to me and I was like, yep, I've seen it. It's good. Dogs and soccer. That's most of <laughs> most of my brand. How did they eventually get it off there? They, did they like grab I, it? No, it just, it just kind of, you know, ran off the field to other people that were willing to pet it on the sidelines. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Um, the bad this week is that ESPN ranked the top 50 women footballers and uh, only one U.S. women's national team player is in the top 10, and that's Katerina Macario. This is a thing, like, I put this note in here, and, you know, when we were putting together the show notes, I was like, I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing, but it does make me wonder, like, you know, even in 2019, after the Women's World Cup, you know, we had a lot of players in the top 25, and now we only have three uh, six players total in the top 50 and it makes me wonder like is it a bad omen is it are we in like this weird transition phase between like talent cycles of um you know kind of the veterans like your megan rapinos and everyone else kind of on their way out but your sophia smiths and your mallory pews and you know trinity rodman um Katarina Macario, like they haven't fully taken over. Um, so is that just it? Or is the rest of the world catching up? Is the rest, is the women's game like really expanding and advancing? Um, that would be a great thing no matter what. But um, I think it feels like I thought it was ladder. just interesting to me. Like it feels like the, for the longest time, like it was the US women's teams were big fish in a little pond. And I think the pond is just getting a lot bigger now. And that's just, I mean, I think we still have like some very highly skilled players. It's just, so do other teams now. Like they're just, they're growing their programs. They're inv- Thankfully, other teams are investing in their programs and it's working, which is a good positive thing. I also yeah. wonder though, like Katarina Macario has 27 appearances total. Like I know that she's awesome, um, but like uh, I, I'm, I, that one like surprised me because I I know she's awesome, but has not quite like fully proven it on multiple levels, you know, in the way that it feels like Lindsay Horan, for example, maybe he's not number six, but was surprised not to hear or Rose Lavelle. But then again, Rose Lavelle didn't get much time in Man, Man City where, you know, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely it, not an expert enough to, and yeah. And, and it, much, you know, but. is it, it is it, it's not just national team stuff anymore, right? It's the club game is becoming yep. way bigger. And so, you know, you're, um, and the, the U S women are not, you know, outside of NWSL, like what are they doing abroad? Um, you know, what right. was Kristen press and, um, you know, Tobin Heath doing abroad, you know, and the answer was they weren't making as much of an impact as they do on the national team and in the national team comp- you know, competition. So, I don't know. I think it has to do a lot with uh, with everything, like Mark was saying. I think it has to do that other, specifically in Europe, um, in Australia, they they've taken the game to a different level. The you know you have the Champions League, you have leagues that are you know uh, really becoming competitive, but. Uh, and then you have like in the U- in the U.S. or in the North America, you have Liga MX Femenil, who's you know been taking off and proving that you actually can 
can can uh, make money of uh, women's sports. Yeah, like who knew that, right? I mean, like it's actually, and, and and now we're having a little bit of crossover. We're having the first um, the first uh, U.S. women playing in that league. I think it's just a little bit all a mix of everything. I think the U.S. I mean, we've seen Sophia Smith. We've seen everyone else that's that's coming up. I think they. There'll be a solid team, but yeah, you want the competition. You want it to be uh, more equal than anything. I think that's probably what makes it even worth it more, right? I mean, sure, you'll be able to, to score 10 goals on a team in a World Cup, but once it gets off the group stage, it's going to get really interesting really fast. Yeah, so uh, that'll make uh, the Euro um, women's competition pretty fun to watch. Uh, let me move on to the weird here close up on these two which is the first weird is uh just kind of a good because uh it is that on thursday someone came to the minnesota aurora reddit which i i never go to but uh this was sent to me so to ask if there was a home game because she thinks her man is stepping out on her and he said he was going to the aurora game that night and she went to the website and looked like the the game was friday night instead which it was um i just that gave me so much joy just uh i I need to know more about this story did she confront him what what happened here i mean it's a really small world who is this so uh also be faithful um the other weird is philadelphia union's trainer who is looks like he himself is a retired UFC fighter or trainer. Um, absolutely looks like he should be the trainer for Philadelphia union. He got a red card this week because he goes out onto the pitch and, um, is it Tati is, is over top the injured player and he pushes Tati away and it's not a hard push. It's, it's, it's a little push, but you still, if you're a player, you can't do that. If you're a trainer, you really can't do that. So he got a red card. And then the, like, the Philly players are like, dude, get off the pitch. What are you doing? Anyway, so good times were had by all. It's, you know, grease the poles, you know. It's in Philadelphia. See, what yeah, they did yeah, was yeah. when no, the it. Eagles were going to the Super Bowl, they would grease the uh, the light poles in, in Central City, Philadelphia, um, because people like to climb the, the, the poles. That's... That's what it happens. Still didn't sound any better when you explained it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, let's finish up on the Minnesota Aurora news, which is that Aurora had two home games this weekend, Friday and Sunday, finishing up the regular season at home undefeated. They had a 3-1 win over the uh, Chicago Dutch Lions. Uh, and then on Sunday, they played the St. Louis Ethnicity Unknown Lions and beat them 4-1 to um, they're still unbeaten on the season. They are, um, because Green Bay won tonight, they're still just five points up, but there's only nine points left in the season because there's only three away games. Um, in the St. Louis game is when we had that, uh, that spectacular um, Morgan Stone goal. We had two penalties that Morgan Turner, we had two Morgan goals this week. Um, Morgan Turner and Morgan Stone got uh, penalties. Mariah Wynn, had, um, her nickname is The Ninja. She had like a crane kick goal. Um, Ari Del Moral got her first goal. It was uh, it was a lot of goals. I mean, having a seven to one, uh, seven to two goal differential um, from your last two home games, and most importantly, not most importantly, also of note is that uh, the Friday game was the first time the team got over six thousand fans because um, 
the Vikings started to let us open up to sell more tickets because they were worried really early on that it would just be overwhelmed. And once we kind of got them cool with stuff, then we, we kind of were allowed to sell more tickets. So we sold more tickets. Are there tickets. going to be any more additional flags and or drums allowed? Um, you know what? They only brought... I don't, so I only help coordinate to make sure they can get the stuff in. So you can help if you want to help Revontalet and the supporters do that stuff, then yes. Um, there were two drums at one game, but then only one drum brought to the, to the other game. We have to, I have to kind of actually bring it with the merch. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It's a, it's a little annoying because we have no storage there and they don't trust that they want the supporters to show up like four hours early to drop it off. So I just do it. Um, yeah, man, it was pretty awesome. I got pretty teared up when uh, when they announced the fifty nine hundred on Sunday. It was a beautiful day for it, and like, uh, it's pretty pretty cool seeing um, people just having a good time, and and the team is so joyful. Their celebrations are ridiculously fun, and uh, and that's pretty infectious. Like people having fun there. Yeah. So when they were when I forget whose goal it was on, I think it was Sunday when they did the Macarena. Mm. Uh, Danielle went, were any of those women alive no. when the Macarena came out? And we're like, no. Because <laughs> no. no, the Macarena was 90s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the, oldest, the oldest player on the team is Cha, and I believe she's 25. And yeah. so, um, I mean, it's all been recycled and used in, yeah. gym, in, in gym classes all over middle school every time you got to. So, yeah, I'm sure they learned it at one point. I think I think one of my favorite things is always walking in and just waving at the people at the merch tape because my kids work there. Yeah. So, and then and then having and then having like because uh, some of my uh, players that that um, that know them go to the games as well mm. too and then have them over here saying hey that's coach rodrigo's daughter that's isa or coming up and asking yeah. him for a hug or just overall you know i think the aspect of community is, is something that people really uh undervalue um and i think being in the revontulet section is just so much fun like i was talking to bridget about you know we should we should try to rank all the chance that 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 they come up with and try to figure out which one our favorites are, but they are quite a lot, I will tell you. Uh, yeah, it's a cultivated CBD chant. That's oh, the best that one. is a good one. <laughs> Every time they do the uh, the advertiser, I don't know actually know if I don't know because most of the founders and people working don't get to hear much from Ravantala. They're always on the other side. I don't know if they know that chant exists, and I don't know if I want to tell them about it because I think it's just too funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, but here's the deal. We will know very soon if there's going to be playoffs uh, and if we'll be hosting. And I think actually even before we officially know that, tickets will go on. You'll be able to reserve them. I believe actually next week we're going to just do that because the first home, first um, playoff game would be July 13th. And um, there's just not, with the holiday weekend coming up, there's just not a lot of time to sell all those tickets. So I believe we're actually just going to, jinx ourselves and preemptively allow people to reserve them. And, uh, and so July 13th, July 17th and July 23rd, 13th is the only one that overlaps with a loons game. It's a home game. So you have to choose your um, loyalties there. Um, which is kind you know of which a, fighter I'm choosing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer for me. Those are busy, busy days, uh, work days to, to kind of uh, ditch out on my job, but, uh, I suddenly have two jobs. So, Anyway, thank you for everyone who came up and said, uh, I follow you on Twitter or I listen to your podcast so that I could apologize to you in person. That's very cool. 
Um, I can't tell you the amount of people who I said hi to, and I'm just like, oh man, I forget where I met them before. Um, but it's very cool, just because it's very. I'm stressed out usually. It's like seeing me at the bar. I'm, I'm usually not ready to chat. But um, thank you, everyone. It was a blast. It was such a cool season. And I look forward to uh, putting some, uh, winning a trophy that we can put beer in. Let's uh, take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about um, some other really good news with Minnesota United. Back on the 551 podcast, let's do Minnesota United FC news. Adrian Unu is moving back to Angers. No, not back to, moving to Angers, back to France on a permanent transfer. He didn't travel to Miami. He did visit the Blackhawks, apparently, with uh, Gerard Lagos. Um, yeah. And uh, all, all I know is, and I literally, I don't care if someone steals this, Andy Greeter, steal this. I don't know if you listen. You do not listen to this podcast because you're on vacation the bw now if you make it the if you make it the title of the pod oh it has to oh there we go it has to read don't look back in angers please for the love of god someone (laughs) someone use that um uh adrian unu i do think the news here of um getting rid of him is if they can get some money recoup a little bit then they've cut their losses we talk a lot about, or I talk a lot about on here, about how Minnesota often doesn't make long-term mistakes, lock themselves into them, right? Um, they they were able to cut and run on Demidov, uh, who was one of the only big long-term mistakes. Um, Calvo, they got some money for, et cetera. Calvo might be going to Turkey, by the way. That'll be so awesome. Um, yeah, so, I can't wait. But, they were able to get rid of Angelo without, like, you know. Yep. Um, Unu is going to be, is kind of one of the biggest miss, uh, misses, I guess we would consider that. Um, it's kind of a bummer. We really didn't get to see him get a full run out, but, um, but I, I now have a suspicion that even if he's stuck around this whole year and if, even if he started the rest of the season, I don't know, something's missing there. So not, not with him, something, you know, there's just something that wasn't going to work. Um, Minnesota United two, FC two lost to North Texas four to nothing. Um, they that comes after the June eighth loss to San Jose uh, two to one. They're seventh in the Western Conference. Big news though, um, and we talked about the rumor about this last week. I think enough people mentioned the rumor that the team was like, I guess we should just do this. This is that um, a- Adrian Heath, Adrian Heath. Um, has been announced with another two-year contract that was signed back in January. So it goes through um, the end of the 2023 season. And, um, right, it goes to 2024 or something. I don't know. It's a two-year contract. So, yeah. Oh, and we're in the first year. No, it goes through 2025 or 2024. I believe there is an option for a third, isn't there? So that would be a three-year contract. Yeah, so through 2025. Okay, well, we're really killing this here. Um, hey, moral of the story is we're stuck with him forever. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, this will come up when we do a few of these, many of these Twitter questions. I'm doing my best to just really not 
like talk or like pick and choose what I talk about on uh, on Minnesota United and Adrian Heath and everything, which makes me wonder why I'm still doing this podcast. But um, <laughs> because but you I, love us, I will say, yeah, it's, it's because I need to talk to my friends every week. And collective we we collective misery is, is, is great. We need microphones. We should just unplug the microphones. It's like, uh, it's like that <laughs> SNL sketch. Yeah. Um, we should do it at Aurora game. Just walk around with. You guys just want to hang out on my porch. I'll, I'll have microphones. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Be there. <laughs> um, uh, but let me ask you, what was what was the social media reaction? And, and did you did you check every corner of the internet for a reaction? And Mark, why don't you summarize it for me? Uh, yes, I did. I quickly. I mean, tw- I've never seen anything like it. Like if you went to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and I don't go on Reddit, but yeah, you went on Reddit and said even Reddit. I did. I went back to Reddit just to check. I was like, what's going on? And it was just almost just universal anger and just like bewilderment at why they would re-sign Adrian Heath. And you don't mention it made more. And it did make more a little bit more sense when you find, when it came out that, he was signed in January, and that in the since January they're working on re-signing three of his assistant coaches. So that made a little bit more sense, but not really. And um, but no, God, just the, I mean, I even had a couple people like DM me who's like, I've never seen like people who are yeah, you like, had a sports journalist or I had a sports journalist sports, DM me like and DM say you. like, I, you know, I can't talk about any of this publicly. Uh, I'm totally with you on all of the Heath stuff. But holy crap, in my 40 years of covering sports, I've never seen just this level of like just everyone coming together to have the same idea, the viewpoint of that just anger and bewilderment and just, oh yeah. God, it's, it's amazing. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Like just I the mean, coalescing about one reaction has just been amazing. But it's not just locally, it's also worldwide, right? I mean, West, weren't you telling us that in South Africa, people, oh, people, some you, of the I comments? The, again, I went to the Facebook page. I was like, what's going on here? I'm just trying to get a sense, right? Because I have a good sense. I have a, a particular angle on this because I see certain, like the people who happen to watch games at Blackheart, right? Or the people who pregame or postgame. You know, it does end up being self-selecting sometimes, the, the, who, the sense I get. So I went to the Facebook page. And even the South African fans have turned on him. Even the ones true blue were only here to, to to talk peace, love, and bongi have turned on him. No, and was it on like even on the like, uh, in our fifty five one Patreon Slack? I think it was it was Colin who went through and like just looked at the people on Twitter that liked the announcement, and like half of them were just all Everton people from England, like, <laughs> and that's it. Like nobody liked it except for people that like. Adrian Heath because of his Everton days, like right. it's, and then, it's and then, amazing. And then there's the the tweet that happened after uh, the game, in which like there was so much vitriol, negative comments that you know one of the Twitter social media at, at Evans pretty much deleted some stuff saying that they were leaving and just deleted a bunch of tweets. And then like it was like wow, yikes, I was yikes. like I've never seen that. Be- I'm like I've seen it before. But I'd never seen it to that extent, like localized that much. And I was like, wow, that is is bad. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm not like, you know, I'm I'm a little bit like Wes, like I'm trying not to do the Heath out type of thing. My whole house is Heath out. 
Um, like they've been Heath out for the past probably six years. Um, Issa Watch probably is is the number one Heath out person, but um, she originated Heath out in Orlando, from what uh, I hear. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You might want to have to talk to Zeller about that, but regardless, I mean, <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah, it's like I'm trying just to be, you know, understand some of the things that this is a business, but just overall the the, the visual hatred that's going everywhere and all type of social media. I also, it's I also think that. Um, well, let's talk about the game. Let's 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 move on because I, I think um, maybe a little bit can come out and Minnesota United goes to Miami. Um, this is the first time we've ever played Miami, right? Yep. Yeah. Other than when we um, won the cup at uh, crappy old Lockhart, which is now the stadium yep. that they still play in. I don't care if they read if they if it's now called Drive Pank. Um, but uh, wait, the, what is the stadium actually called? Drive Pank. Is it's it really DRV? PNK, so Drive Punk is what okay. I call it. Interesting. Um, Sounds like Daft Punk. Yep. Um, and so uh, Minnesota goes up from uh, a Luis Amarillo goal. Uh, I mean, honestly, this was a goal that um, that happened because um, I don't know if you guys know much about physics, but a body, uh, a certain w- has is it a body has in mass, motion, and so in it motion? has gravity. And it um, it takes up space, and um, and another object, in this case a ball, um, is affected by the mass and gravity of that other object, and um, and so you're talking about orbit? No, I'm, I'm talking about does two objects coming in contact with one another? And then I mean, basically, Amaria Amaria could have been facing the ball, or he could have been have his back towards the ball, and it gone off his butt, and he would have uh, had the same reaction. I will say. We've talked about Amaria recently. He looks, I think he looks like right now he's playing like probably the worst striker we've ever had. And that includes um, Angelo. Um, that includes uh, freaking current Denlati. Um, Johan? Johan Venegas. Uh, no, he's worse than Johan Venegas. Yeah. Johan Venegas had o- literally only one pass Goal. that was very no one pass that was good everything else is <laughs> oh yeah that's it that yeah. includes kai kamara um because at least kai aaron, kamara was aaron like, schoenfeld aaron no big, aaron was big salary aaron had two goals yeah big, big salary had a couple goals yeah i mean luis amaria has also had a couple goals but like <laughs> he just looks he like how many times have we seen in the last few games where there's a pass and he is not running anymore. He just stopped. And then everyone looks and they all, they all do like they're holding their hands up at each other. It's it's no. unreal. Or, or his first touch is is decent and then he always looks for the little extra path or he won't shoot after the like he's he's like he's afraid to shoot the ball. It's like I don't get it. Like yeah, you're going to shoot and it's going to hit a defender after 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 body and maybe go in a corner. Good. That's a positive play. Just shoot the ball. The yeah, man, you've got the, to, you, so so many times during this game, he he collects the ball and he's he should either one time it and just let it rip, and because then you've got Fragapane, Reynoso, and Lud in the box to get to get a rebound. But yeah, and and in this, uh, I mean, basically, Amaria looks to me right now like at one point in the last year, two years, something, he wandered down an alley, came into an old crone. Who told him like, if you shoot and score a goal, you will never have happiness in your life, or your mother will die, or something like. That. He looks like a man fighting a curse, is what I'm saying. I don't know if it's kissing a frog. I do not know 
what obstacles have been put in front of him by this old crone, but he needs to find her and he needs to make amends. Do you you think that the old crone was about five foot five and whispers? And whispers and had an English accent and smelled of Pinot Grigio. Yeah, might Mm -hmm. be. You know, you know Mm -hmm. what, you know what we call that in Peru? We call that a pish taco. Is it what kind of taco is that? No, it's a pish taco. It's a pish taco is a is a legendary Indian folk myth. It like where like uh, at night there's this like bean that looks like a human being that lures people and then sucks their fat out of them. Jesus, like sucks their soul and fat. Yeah, and I wouldn't white. score a goal either, man. Yeah, and okay. they're white. So they're they're always oh, yeah. white. So. Oh my gosh. And they smell of Pinot Grigio. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No Wait, is it, is it Adri- are we actually talking about Adrian Heath? Wait, what? It's more of a toffee color. No. No. no, no, what, no don't no. be rude. Don't be disrespectful. Oh, um so here's the here's the deal. We we scored a lucky goal. Um it, it was but hey man, we scored a goal. And then you know what we did? We went to seventeen defenders in the back line. Even Kibanguchi came in for at, at some point. So we had Coleman, Kibanguchi. We had like a random uh, pile of bricks that they were like, let's just put this on the pitch. Maybe they can't get past that. And then um, I believe it's the first goal that um, uh, Indiana Vasilev, the dog was named Indiana. <laughs> You may or may not have workshopped these jokes while they, watching the game they, at Blackheart. They named the player after the dog. Um, so, uh, he talks with her sleep. So um, I thought I lost you, boy. Um, <laughs> can you tell Corey and I watched the game together at Blackheart? Um, so, uh, and, then, and then we watched the whole Indiana Jones series? Yeah, oh, man, I don't know. Um, I Look, I, I'll tell you this much. Um, uh, my wife and kids are in Pennsylvania in the beginning of August. So if anyone wants to do a full, we'll just take over the back room of the bar and just do all three movies in a row. I will do that. Seriously? Yeah. I will do yeah. that. Me and Seth, I will, I will 110% be there. Yeah. That's right. I'll be there too. I mean, I maybe totally we just watch there. every single Star Wars movie. No. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so back to, back to Indiana. Um, <laughs> there was a line of like 17 Minnesota United players playing defense and they're there and everyone's in front of them. And then the Miami players just like, okay, they're like, okay, you're not going to close. No one's going to step into the space in front of the uh, the center backs. And, um, and then they just get torn apart. Those two goals were spectacular by Indiana. Um, but like, it, it was just, it, how many times have we seen this tactic used? And every, maybe once in, uh, eight, one in eight, it really works, and we lock it down. But instead, we did it early. It was um, when it was the seventieth minute. The, we scored a goal in the sixty-fifth. Coleman was brought in the seventieth minute. I just, it's like it's predictable though. Like really, right? Like that's 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 what we've been doing as of lately. Is like we, if we score at all, we try to bunker. And you know, honestly, like as we're having a conversation in our Slack channel and our Patreon Slack channel, I was like. This bunker system hasn't really, really worked, and, and unless unless we're playing LAFC and we have Mason Toy, yeah, it worked sense, that right? one time when when Toy played the game of his lifetime, and uh, and earned a nine hundred thousand dollar transfer uh, because of that one performance. Um, yeah, it, it it stunk. It, it felt really 
crappy for in three minutes for this team to completely shut down. But Mark, do you, I don't know. What, what do you want to say about this game? I mean, the interesting part too, is that in a three minute stretch, uh, when, uh, the Indiana guy scored, uh, you know, both of his goals and he was off the bench. He came off the bench. He like got subbed in like the 85th minute. And I looked it up and those two goals doubled the complete output of our substitution scoring for the entire season. Cause Abu Dunlady's one goal is the only goal from a substitute that we have for the entire season. Is that? Whoa. We have Robin Lute has six. Emmanuel Reynoso has three. Luisa Maria has three. Debasi has one. None of those came from a Ari- substitution. Ariaga has one. Taylor has one. Dodson has one. And Dunlady has one. And I'm pretty sure that Dunlady's came off the bench. None we, of Amarias uh, did, or or I I don't think so. I, I mean I don't know. Wait, it's it, not a lot. Yeah. All right. Okay. It was much better when you said it confidently, and then I didn't doubt it. So, um, <laughs> well, then why did you doubt me? That's, that's we're, we're based on facts here, but yeah, it's oh, a but really fact based podcast. We have lots of here, here's <laughs> the thing. Here's a, here's the thing that gets me. Like we looked at the struggles that they were doing, and we're like, you have to beat Miami. Like you technically have to beat Miami. Like, yeah, yeah, they have Campana. Yeah, they can do some things. But talent-wise, you should be able to beat Miami. And most of this game, it looked that way until the 70th minute. Like, we were going to hold a one. Even if it was just a one nothing lead, one nothing win, you still have to beat Miami. We made DeAndre Yeldon look good. It's like the, the Rodrigo Cardinal sin. He wasn't Heath yeah, out exactly. until you made DeAndre Yedlin look good. Yedlin out. We made, dude, we made Damian Lowe, Minnesota exactly. United yes. FC legend, Damian Lowe look good. Unreal. Although he looked really, really bad on the, on our one know, goal. He looked terrible, actually. But yeah. like, regardless, Damian Lowe won. Uh, Damian Lowe walked or crawled so that uh, Francisco Calvo could could run. Uh, Damian Lowe was like the first player I ever saw like really trash fans. It's like what the fuck is he was on loan from Seattle and then like he was celebrating um while he was playing for us he was like celebrating Seattle winning games and it's uh, winning the championship and it's like you fucking suck dude um anyway what what else do we have to say about this game uh, it's it's really hard these days to to do like in depth on these games cuz I I feel like I'm banging my head against a wall and it just feels so there's nothing like- new it's nothing it's, new. It's yeah. it's it's, a, it's the same script, and it's, it's like it's the same substitutions. It's the same. Uh, it, it's like, yeah, man. It it's like the the marriage is like we're keeping this together because of the kids, and like nothing about it. But it's like new. it. But it's also like you're doing it if you if you despise your children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You also <laughs> hate the kids. Yeah. Because like like, yeah. I mean, they want they have opinions. Like fuck those yeah. little rascals. I mean, <laughs> I I thought. I thought Kermagird and Rosales. Yeah, I thought Kermagird and Rosales looked pretty fun in the midfield. I thought that was it was nice yeah. that they were working as like dual eights working together. I thought like okay, cool. I could see that being a thing. Keep playing them, see what happens because Will Trap is going to get like nine yellow cards in the next match and be suspended. But I didn't particularly think that there was anything wrong with DJ Taylor. I thought Kamar Lawrence had a couple of god awful clearances yeah. that you know if it wasn't for the camera angle like they sure looked like they were going to be own goals i mean it's i thought reynoso looked good um i think he had a lot of really great passes i thought he was looking frustrated with amaria i thought totally. Frank Pane, yeah 
I thought that two, one, that two on one. Yep. Was it where he just laid it right in front of him, and all and he had to do was shoot the ball, and he touched it again to go around, and I was like, yeah. Or or he's or yeah, and someone needs to find out where the circle button on Amarilla is, and then uh, just, just, <laughs> just start pushing it. Press it. Just press it thirty times before he gets the ball. Just stop pressing like ten minutes before he's he just gets running the ball. and kicking at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, look, Robin Lud, he's you. You can't drop him. He's he's no. Even when he doesn't have a very good game, like he had a terrible shot, whatever. He's still your most reliable player. Um, yeah, it's just the fact that he's not perfect, right? And <laughs> so. and, and Fragapane is so infuriatingly inconsistent, but when he is on, he's fun, and he's yeah. and he's creating, he, he's putting himself and other people in dangerous spots, and it's like, I just don't know, I just don't know what it is, and yeah, the the tactics in the sub, like Rodrigo, you said, it's like it's so predictable. We go one up. We bunker. We're not a bunkering low block team. And yeah, there's nothing really, there's nothing like we were saying it at the bar. It, like after Amaria scored, uh, they were like, okay, what 80 something minute are we going to give up two goals? Is it going to be 83rd, 85th? And I was wrong because I said 93rd, but we got them all in before stoppage time. Yeah. So let's, let's look forward here. There, uh, the games that are coming up. Um, we've got uh, Wednesday night at LA Galaxy, 9.30 p.m. That's going to be a real, it's going to be a lot of people up for that one. Um, Galaxy, and then we're back um, with the the first home game in 17 years. July 3rd against RSL. It's um, everyone fuck a bald eagle day at, um, at Alliance Field at Cloud City. Um, it's uh, it's going to be um, Eaglegasm 13. And... Um, so I'm I am very curious about the July third game. Um, in that, if we lose that game, if you take the temperature of of the fan base, and like we mentioned previously, right? Like there are like factions who usually do not ever align, and uh, and they're aligned, and they are not very pleased right now. And if we lose that July third game, it could get weird and ugly. And I was like, Emil was like, can I come to the game? I was like, yeah, I, I think you can come to the game. And Lydia's like, well, not if everyone's getting. And I was like, the worst thing that's going to happen is people will boo. Like, we're not going to, no one's going to yeah. throw yeah. rocks at Adrian Heath if we lose. No. There's going to be a lot of swearing. Throw, but yeah, please yeah. do not throw rocks, guys. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm advocating literally nothing here other than I'm saying the July 3rd game is actually super fascinating. We need to figure out how to write this ship. If Adrian Heath is going to write the ship, then great. Do it right now, Adrian, because we suck right now. We're one point ahead of we on the games played. We have one point more than 2017. So we are 2017 bad right now. And well, in 2017, you, at this point, we were trending up. And uh, we're not trending up right now. The only, the only, the only counter argument for that, because that's just a very surface level thing, Bruce McGuire had a, a, a great tweet, and I, we all we've all recognized it. A lot of the games we're winning, we're losing by one goal. It's not excusable. We are in these matches. These should be wins. They should at least be fucking draws. But we are not losing by much. Our goal differential, if I'm not mistaken, I may have looked right before the match or after. It's it's negative two, where you have you know it, it's not it's not huge. So it's but we're giving up 
these massive opportunities at these horribly inopportune moments. But, but still, yes, we, you, wins are wins. The points are the points. That's, that's what it comes down to. But, but also, we're losing the games by a goal. But we're, I wouldn't say we're in them. We're pushing in the last 10 minutes to get a draw out of them. In this Miami like, game, we were in for a decent amount until we, we bunkered. We got a lucky yeah, goal. So I yeah. thought this was going to be a nil-nil. I thought that would have been fair because not, Miami were not very good. Um, no. We weren't particularly good, but we had some moments. We just squandered right. them. So I thought, all right, no, no. But, and then we get a lucky goal. And then it's like. Uh, but even then, like, if you're looking, for, if you're circling a game to shake out the demons, take the curse over, it's this Miami game, right? I mean, that's just, this is like you go in there, you, you have to have, be able to make a, have a good result. And, and, and you don't. I mean, like, you, you look at, look at right now, like right now, Miami has more points than us, right? Charlotte has more points than us, right? I mean, we're tied with Toronto, Columbus. Oof, Cincinnati right? has more points than us, mother. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, I mean, you look at it, right? I mean, Colorado has more points, Portland has more points, but you know, we're not really doing too well. And and if you look at the July schedule, it's like it's winnable. But yeah, but and where where do you see us winning? Seriously, like Salt Lake, yeah. like do you Vancouver? think we're gonna do a good job? Yeah, Salt Lake are in two. Uh, LA Galaxy are, are str- you know struggling a bit and are in six, but like. But LA Galaxy's got Chicharito and got a bunch of different things. I mean, like it's hard. We are three points ahead of San Jose. San Jose, yeah. a team that, like, almost certainly were just like just spent the first half of the season just like right. piddling themselves. Right. Well, it's, and it's also five of the teams that are in the bottom half. Colorado, Portland, Minnesota, Kansas City. I can't remember who the last person was. Vancouver. Those were all playoff teams last year. Yeah. You know? All right. Let's, I mean, um, July is winnable. I just don't. I just hope that we can turn it. I mean, you win. The MLS is the, is the league where you could. If you win. If you have a week where you win. You get six points. Two wins. Like, it's a, it's a game changer. Right? But, like, right now, it's like the way that we're playing. I only can see hopefully us beating DC. I thought we were going to beat Miami. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We got some questions that are going to hit some of these points. So we'll, we'll be back after these messages. We'll be right, we'll be right back. back. Wait, anyway, did you guys remember the USA network? Yeah. Yeah. And they used to have the in between seg in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. Oh! And we'll come back to the show. We break the wing, yeah, break. Back in the 551 podcast, here we do some questions. Kevin at Boca du Nord says, play a game where you guess all, <laughs> we all guess what disparaging comments Heath will make towards supporters once the loons win a game. Um, I mean, Should it'll we? be fun. They'll, they'll beat um, uh, RSL this weekend and it'll be like, we've always been on the right track. You know, all these stupid podcast, social media wankers. Um, I don't know. Anyone else have anything more insightful than no, that? No, that's that's. I mean, it's it's Adrian Heath Bingo. You know. Oh no! I think it's actually going to be uh, Adrian Heath won't say much. It's going to be Harrison Heath is going to go on a Twitter tirade, yeah, going that, after somebody. By the way, did anyone see that? I, I got the how Hercule Gomez 
that's his name, right? Her- Hercules. Whatever the issue. Yeah, Herc. Yeah. 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 Hercules. Hercules. He, he, I got him to like say that Adrian Heath is a terrible coach. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, a month later, Harrison Heath replied to him and be like, what are you talking about? Like, no, he said, he you have to explain this to me. Yeah. That's what he said. And wonder, I was like, I'm waiting Hercules for the reply. Did. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Um, at Comfort Star says, based on my recent opt-out telephone conversation with my rep, for those who are giving up their season tickets, what could the team club do to change your mind this coming season or in the future? Um, I don't know. Do any of you have... I mean, I'm, I'm not opting out of my tickets. I'm, I'm not I'm, opting out. I love I love no. being at that stadium. It's mine, a beautiful mine also. Mine also didn't go up that much, and I think it's a it's a different scale. I have a feeling that the seats on the on the end lines are going up more because um, I'm up in one eleven, and I think they went up four bucks per seat for the entire season. Which I also think the areas that are in the shade are going up more too. Yeah, like I think there's more demand for the seats in the shade than the ones in the. Like, the I also think like, next year the Apple TV pass is included. So actually prices go, the price thing to me, I'm Wonderwall, it didn't really affect me much, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, to me, I was kind of expecting a price increase. I think it's very tough to get that right now when this team, like we said, it's at a nadir. I've never seen things as bad as they've been, yeah. even though I did tell the only people at the team who still maybe partially talked to me, I told them that this was coming last year. And uh, and no one listens to me ever. So for for us, we have four season tickets, and so like now that G and well now that Issa is going to college and they're not really into like watching so much. So this season yeah. we've had to like bring other friends or yeah. bring like kids that bring extra friends, so we might opt out to just lessen our our ticket amounts. And yeah, so just, just do two, two just, and then just, just be a Nubia, and then if we need to buy another seat for Santi, then we'll just figure it out. But Santi. Well, I mean, the, the the kids all love Aurora games. So as long as they can go to something else, that's all that really matters to us. Um, Dan is a nerd, says, take a play out of the Loons playbook, record a 90-minute pod, but have the last one. <laughs> I, didn't read these. I didn't read these questions. <laughs> but have the last 20 minutes be dead air. It's basically, um, basically loons are basically doing what um, it, it's uh, Wilco's A Ghost is Born with that, uh, that feedback track. <laughs> just kills, just absolutely there just to make you flip the record. Painful. Paul Choudoir says, what would MLS look like with the pro rail system? Who do you think would be in? Who do you think would be out next year? What team would you want to see promoted? It's it, This is a tough question of, of how you want to approach it. There's no realistic way that this would happen unless it was an MLS to MLS thing. Um, I think USL, honestly, guys, I think USL is way more interesting than MLS these days. Um, I just think it's way more dynamic. Uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of dead weight in in parts of it, but um, but it's just you have some fan bases that like you look at New Mexico United. They are way more New Mexico, uh, Oakland, um, maybe even Phoenix, San Diego, um, Forward Madison. Obviously, they're doing things that are just way more interesting than just about because Portland Timbers have like gone off the deep end. They're, they've lo- dropped off my top 20 most interesting U.S. clubs. I don't know. So 
that didn't answer your question. Do do you have anything to say about pro rel? Sorry, guys, I I took it to uh, uh, USL should just implement it as soon as possible and just see what happens. The problem with USLs, I don't think, you know, in MLS you really do have now super stability. In a, in USL you have real differences between what New Mexico is doing um, and what League One teams are doing, um, and what, I don't. Mm-hmm. What would you think of like, and this is like really weird thought, but what do you think of like the the the, the bottom two of each league, of each of each conference, goes plays MLX Next Pro for like what season? But that would just kill them. That's the problem. Yeah. But like yeah. You don't have the 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 problem with Pro Rel is that you need real stability. That even that right, you people need could take that. You you need um, people to own their stadiums and have really good revenue sources there. And, mm-hmm. and I understand why we've set up our, our system in a certain way to protect ourselves. Capitalism. Um, yeah, but no, but not just capitalism, but just in general of like, we don't have the infrastructure. We don't like, how do you make revenue to make your team go? Um, and yeah, I'm learning way even more than that uh, about that with Aurora and, and seeing that stuff. But, I can't. I'm, I can't wait till the MLS adopts the uh, 1980s uh, Pablo Escobar way of funding um, funding soccer leagues. I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to Rene Guita being being an owner of like an MLS team. Um, Emil's been watching a lot of soccer video highlights. Some of it at Blackhawks camp last week, but also just in general. And he knows about Rene Higuita, and it's very funny. Does he really? Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, that's the is, oh yeah, the guy who did the scorpion kick. And it's like, are you kidding me, kid? It's like he's a seven year old now. Suddenly, like six months ago, had no could not name a single soccer player. Now he's like, oh yeah, Christian Pulisic, Rene Higuita, like. What are you doing, kid? All right. Yeah. Anyway, seven-year-olds are funny. I love that um, kid. He's very cool. Ben, Bill Lindicky says, what's your favorite thing about the Heath extension? What do you guys, what do the, you guys think? The Did togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. It really has just brought us all together. The united Real front. fucking kumbaya. Actually, you know what, <laughs> guys? Let's sing kumbaya and Wonderwall this this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's Harrison Heath sticking around. Jim at New School says, LA to RSL. No, LA, well, he's saying LA to here to the Couve is a long stretch of travel that touches the top, middle, and bottom thirds of the table, uh, mostly after the transfer window closes. Maybe talk about what we're looking for at looking at from that run before we should talk. We should walk through DC. Um, LA Galaxy are going to be tough going away. It's at Galaxy, it's midweek. Um, RSL is going to be tough because they're second in the league. The Couve. that's it's away, awesome. right? Yeah. yeah. They're all the way. No, it's no. Like a weird, it's, it's like sorry, a weird-ass yeah. Friday night Friday night MLS match. Yeah. It's going to be one of those. Every year, there's one of those that I just distinctly do not watch. That's going to be the one, the Couve. Um, I, I think those are tough. I don't know if they're going to win any of those. The Couve is the best chance they have, but it's away, and if they're traveling a bunch. If um, we get four points from those three matches, we'll be lucky. We've only gotten four points from our last eight matches. So, Like so I said... <laughs> Statement still stands. <laughs> what would be? Um, what would be? Um, so less than four points would be bad, right? Yeah. But four yeah, points, you'd be happy. Totally. Four points, no. I would be. No, I would not be happy. Six but points make me happy. I'm never six points. Yeah, six points would make me happy. Four points, I'd be like, okay, okay we're not out of it yet. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll be surprised if we get three though. 
OnlyPun CEO says, is Heath a PR genius? Opposing broadcasts during Loon's game said, weird how they just can't score. Counting this year, Loon's have only finished in the top half in goals scored just once. And only once mid-pack, 12 of, 20, uh, of 24, they've been bad on the attack majority of their tenure. But it's treated like this mystery. I, I agree. I think that, you know, people... There's like the backlash to the backlash to the backlash or whatever of like the striker whisperer thing. But the striker whisperer thing was legit pushed by people in the team. And then it was always laughable. Um, even, you know, cause I've had like public, not spats, but things, tweets with Jamie Watson. And he's like, Oh, well he got these in Orlando. He got these terrible striker, you know, mediocre strikers to be great. And it's like, that's super cool, man. That happened like twice. Like, do you know how yeah. many how many coaches have successful strikers? Like, lots of like lots of coaches can get freaking Brian Schmetzer gets Will Bruin to look like a genius. I don't. Know. So yeah. actually, we should sign Will Bruin. Yeah, I think you're right. He's a PR genius. Um, or people are lazy in this uh, in in the media. Wandering Kiwi. Uh, why do we persist on running formation that doesn't afford us more attacking options? The solitary striker is not working with the current team. This this is you, Mark. This is you tweeting in a key in a, a New Zealand accent. <laughs> That's right. Um, wait, wait, wait. I mean, why do we persist in running a formation that, that doesn't afford us more attacking sense. options? <laughs> now you can talk. I'm doing you. I mean, the only reason it might make sense is that. Um, if we wanted to have a two striker system, we would probably need to do like uh, we just got rid of our other DP striker. Now we yeah, can't. it's true. I mean, we could have done it, but like we, I mean, basically not having Metnair hurt because uh, we could in order to have that we, we we don't have like enough to have three center backs because we only have three center backs that are like able to play in MLS. So getting a formation with the uh, two strikers is tricky. We haven't done it. That's been very generous to Adrian Heath. Um, the fact is, uh, the on the technical side, on the recruiting player side, uh, and signing side, they signed two DPS when they've never played a two or two DP strikers when we've never played a two striker system, and somehow thought that was a good idea instead of investing that money on the wing, where the majority of our successes come on the offense. I'll, I'll say Jeff Ruder had an interesting article on the Athletic. Um, and it was about, it was comparing, you know, looking at a lot of things that we've kind of talked about on this podcast, but looking at the stats of what has changed over the last few years. One of them is losing Kevin Molino was a big miss. We've never really replaced him, right? Um, but really, it's like the the pace of the game. We're slowed. We've slowed down. Um, this year, I've stopped going on my Metineer, uh binge, but like we are missing Metineer. That is... I would say 50% of our problem right now. And that's not Heath's fault. Now, it is Heath's fault in that we are a team that cannot adjust to losing a 32-year-old fullback. Um, but that that is a big problem that we're dealing with. And so the game has slowed down. It's gotten more narrow because we still have... Uh, we have not replaced the people who can run outside of these inside people coming in. And so... Um, I think it's less about two strikers and more about how we employ the system. Four two three one is a great system. People see we have a million different iterations of what a four two three one can do, 
Like we don't need to get hung up in the formation and think about how it can be employed. Where are, um, where are you choosing to engage, right? Where are, um, how are you moving the ball? How are you dealing with width problems, et cetera? So that, that's what I think that we, is the problem. And it, it's just not our, working. Our, our four, two, three, one needs some Metamucil because it's just mm. locked and it just needs to open up loosen up oh that reminds me that um we started calling uh during the game we started calling amaria the the prostate because the ball just like he he just like completely ruins all the flow of the game and then the ball just dribbles off his feet um jeffrey was, what no, i was just gonna make an oval teen joke but no i'll just reserve that for later all right yeah we'll always need one have that in the have that in your back pocket <laughs> Fargo Jeffrey says, where there's originals. I don't understand power <laughs> rankings. I've looked at them every way possible. I just don't see Aurora at four. Honestly, Jeffrey, I have no idea because I don't watch anything outside. I've watched other games in our division. I have no idea how things are going. I think no, I watched and I, and I think also game. like uh, the that there were four like two weeks ago. So last week on Tuesday when it came out, they were at three, mm. and the new one comes out. But I mean, today we're releasing this on Tuesday, so it'll come out today. And so maybe we've moved up. But also, I mean, I think the team that's at number one is the first team in the um, USLW to clinch a playoff spot. So they're undefeated. Morris Elite has eight wins in eight or something like that. Yeah. So they're going to stay number one. So they're the only team, team I think, above us in points per game. But yeah, and there's another team that's like um, has a similar like uh, they're like seven and one or eight and one or whatever we are. So yeah, I mean honestly, one one, yeah. like I love the fact that I can get mad at power rankings. I'm glad that USL is employing realtors for me to get mad at. So perfect, realtors are, are the best at power rankings. Jimmy Linetti says, "How many of your followers were confused by the Beck lyrics tweet toward the end of the MNUFC match?" I don't think any of them because they're all old like me. Um, I definitely put on. Uh, I'm a loser, um, or loser. The, the entire bar sang for the entirety of stoppage time. Um, oh, oh, what are the lyrics to that? They're in Spanish, right? Yeah, soy un perdedor. Yeah. I'm a loser, baby. Because the so other day I did that song. Um, I did that song at karaoke, and the way that they choose to notate the lyrics is to phonetically try to get you to say those things. So it's so open the door. And I was like, and I was like, I, I suddenly doubted all this. I was like, I'm pretty sure that this is Spanish and it's soy un perdedor, whatever. I can't do it. But like it, in Spanish, this is saying I'm a loser. And then, right. but, and, but I started, so it's so open the door. This is from uh, Steven Nelson, who I used to work with at Medtronic. What is the best soccer venue you've ever been to in person and why? My vote, FC Porto. Great, boisterous, constantly singing fans. Beautiful stadium. Excellent quality of play. Affordable tickets. Um, Steven sent me a long DM with places to go in Portugal because Lydia and I are going there a month from today. Um, and Uh-oh. I just realized, I was like, I, I, I'm still open to any input on this but i was like well while we're there we'll go find some preseason game or something at like i don't know what the hip lefty with the same pauli of, of portugal is but i did realize that the super cup between porto fc porto and like i don't know it looked like tenerife but it's not tenerife um it started with a t um that's played on the day that we were going to go to porto so i might just try to go to see that um but 
that's not answering the question. The best soccer venue you ever been to in person? Any of you want to weigh in? Um, I mean, I, I saw a Chelsea match at Stanford Bridge, which was, I mean, it's cool to be in Stanford. And it's also like in the early 2000s. So it was like before it was renovated most recently. So it had a very old feel to it still. It smelled like piss. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was actually fun. Like we went to like, I mean, it was like a noon or whatever, like an early kickoff. And so like we went to like the bar across the street, like it was a group of college kids because they were there on study abroad. And it was like nine in the morning. And we just like, they took us up on stage and like, just like started like giving all the Americans beers and making them memorize chants. Oh, you and, studied like, abroad like, in England? Cool. Yeah. Well, it was a J term. <laughs> I mean, Corey just went <laughs> yeah, across the, the pond. So yeah, and, yeah, it, it's it's going to be Anfield for me. I mean, I've I've been to a, a bunch of the U.S. and I was where did we go? We were at uh, did a couple in France for the Women's World Cup, but yeah, um, yeah, it's Anfield for now. I can't wait to go to like a third division Chilean team uh, match at uh, some point. Where do we go? Where, where you sit on toilets, right? Where you sit yeah, on yeah, yeah, we <laughs> sit on. Sit on. Fandalosa. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, what, where's yours? Um, I, I think I, I have a very fond memory of, of going into the old um, um, Stadio de Lima before it got renovated to watch a Copa Libertadores game. And I think that was that was probably my, my favorite uh, stadium just because I've seen so many Peru games and so many other, like, other games in there. But um, second to that would be... Um, um, the Chicago Bears Stadium when I went to go see uh, the 2016 Copa America with mm-hmm. watch Messi score goals from like the nosebleed section that was pretty cool yeah I'll say uh, one of the coolest places I've seen soccer is is Red Bull Arena I think it's a, a magnificent place um, I I'm kind of I, I mean I've, I was at White Hart Lane before it was demolished um, and those stadiums are, are fascinating um, I mean any there's lots of great places to, that have their own things. Um, Leighton Orient, I've seen a game there. I'm more interested in those, like the quirkiness of it, of Leighton Orient having like apartment complexes at each corner. And so like people just like can, are watching from their living rooms, um, Bonin. And, uh, and that's, that's more of the stuff that I'm interested to see. But, um, but I'm, Ooh. I'm super curious if other people like hit us up of, uh, with places you've been to. Cause if you've been to places in, in Portugal, um, games, I would love to know. I'm not going to go yeah. to that many games because I'm uh, going on an anniversary trip. There, there, there's the only one thing I do want to do is I want to go to La Bombonera where Boca Juniors plays. Oh yeah, and 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 run onto the I run onto the field and sit on throne <laughs> they they feel for Diego Armando Maradona and then get escorted out by like Argentinian cops. But yeah, perfect. Um, at Superior Fuzz. Uh, says slightly overripe banana or slightly underripe strawberry. This is honestly one of the best questions we've gotten in a long time. Yes, I it do. has to be slightly underripe strawberry, right? Oh, why? Well, uh, an overripe because uh, it's all about texture, right? The taste of either is ne- not the taste of either is not great, right? But the the underripe strawberry is at least like firm. An overripe banana is like mealy and like. Yeah. And you have to be eating it on your own. Like you're just eating oh. that, right? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Am I wrong? No, I think I think you're right. Like the Yeah. Okay. I, I'll the, take the I'll take the uh slightly. It's slightly and it's not over slightly over yeah. right, banana. I'll take that. A banana yeah. is also here's the deal. 
A banana is a um, low ceiling fruit at its best. You, your best, the best banana you've ever tasted is just like, it's fine. Yeah. A, a, bananas a, a are great, really an amazing strawberry is a good, right? Then there's some fruits that have like really high ceilings and, and then there's mango that tastes like body odor. Um, ben, Ben Talon says, what type of cuisine or food item that's currently, that isn't currently featured at Allianz should get its own concession there next year. Empanadas. Empanadas. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'd be fine with that. Done. Give me um, a whole bucket. Will Aurora be in the playoffs? This is from um, uh, Minifornia. What does it look like, the playoffs? Will we get another home match based on our position? So here's the deal. We, like every team in the league, was asked to bid to host games. And again, I'm not part of this process. This is sporting side. Matt Pravatsky and them, those folks deal with it. But from what I'm told, we are one of not that many teams throughout the league to say, hey, we can host this, right? Like we have the best facilities in the league. We have the best attendance in the league. I'm, I don't know if it is a sporting decision or a business decision for the league um, to make this. Uh, and I'm being honest, I have no idea. Um, if it's a business decision, then they obviously want it to be with us because we can put together great leagues uh, or attendance and they want that to happen. Um, but honestly, I don't know. We will play a team in the Great Lakes division, which is Indy 11 is currently top. And there's a wild card in them and Metropolitan League. So right now, I think if it finished today, racing Racing Louisville would be would get the wild card, and we would play them, I believe, and it would be at home. I think. I cannot promise you any of this. This is what I think is going to happen. Um, I'm pretty sure that we will get a home playoff, and I think that we'll do pretty well. I think there are a couple teams in there. Like we mentioned, it's hard to tell for the uh, power rankings, right? Like Morris elite mm -hmm. are really good. I think they're elite. Um, so we'll finally actually really get to see us up against these great teams. And again, it'll be great. It, it's, it'll be great to have this Nicole Lukic uh, interview out because I, I think talking to her about how she, why the team is good. And, um, and we talked about this, this question, this is my preview of it. Um, the Rochester coach, when they did a, preseason friendly against them kind of referred to our team as like the million dollar team. Um, I'm thinking like the million dollar babies or the million, yeah, something like that, but the mm -hmm. million dollar team. And it's like, I asked Nicole just the other day when we were, I walked by her and we were chatting. I was like, did we have actually any sporting advantages though? Or like, cause it's not like we bought better players, right? We didn't even, when we signed all these players, they didn't even know they'd be playing at TCL. So I asked her about that question and about, like, did we have actual advantages? And we did. And some of them, not all of them. And next year, it's going to be very easy for us to attract talent, So which is pretty cool. That's right. Yeah. We're going to start building that dynasty. Yeah. John Manuel says, can 55.1 pod turn into a Minnesota Aurora podcast until the loons fire Heath? I, I mean, I try to do the fun parts about talking about Aurora, but I really, like I've said on this podcast, I want to leave space for other media people to do it. Equal Time uh, is the same thing, right? Matt Pravatsky launched it, um, and that's partially why Matt got involved with launching this team. And now his brother, Mark, really runs all the loon stuff. And Mark is so funny and so weird. And so, you know, people like that, uh, you know, 
Um, MJ for Soda Soccer has been um, writing about it. Um, Bridget's doing some stuff, I believe, for E Pluribus. Um, right, and Light Up the North, I think. And, right? and so, like, I, yeah. I want to leave space for these people to do it because there are some pretty great people writing and talking about soccer. I like to do stuff. I'll give you my little bits of insight. Um, but I, I like keeping it separate. And when things are good for Minnesota United, I want to talk about that team. That's my true, true love, my first love, but Aurora might be my true love. All right. Um, Brian says, why does the women's pro soccer team in ha- town have a team that plays to win? In the- well, we aren't pro. I will just say that as a team that plays to win in the second half of a game. And the men's team is a team that plays not to lose. Why did we extend said coach? I am trying to avoid guys, these loons versus Aurora (laughs) questions. guys. I really just can't. They're extremely awkward for me. They're uniting us, but it's, it's totally different. Like it's, it's totally different, but I will say at least not regarding what the loons thing is. It's, it's a, um, an ability to impose themselves on on the opposition and to play fearlessly and have fun, right? Those those players are out there to just right. have fun. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's just also, you know, what we talked about, um, you know, when there are substitutions or or there are other people playing, it's like like for like talent in a sense, right? It's not a, a huge decline in talent as the players are playing. So I think that's that's the pool of players and talent is, is, is a good one. Right. And I think yeah. that's probably what makes it even more fun for everyone else to be able to watch. Um, and then I, I actually, there's, there's a question here. I don't even know what it means and I'm not even going to read it. So, all right, I'll just call, call time on this now. Thanks everyone. You've been amazing. I really do appreciate all the Aurora support. I really also hope that um, loon, that it's not opposition of loons versus Aurora or any of that. Um, loons are again, the team that I fell in love with the team that got me to be an absolute um, wacko about the sport. And so I do believe that, that good times are coming ahead. I do also believe that we're in a weird time and uh, being frustrated is totally understandable. We're just widening the circle and Aurora is now a big part of that community. And it's just going to make this community even better yeah that's all it's doing yeah and so in the end uh i hope to see you out there sometime soon july 3rd there's a home game and even you know regardless of whatever it's gonna be fun to hang out with people Uh, that's that's why it's like for me like i still love going to games i still love getting to see the people before the game and after sing some karaoke and be stupid um you're beautiful you're sexy and everyone loves you.